You know there's a way for nurses to start a business, but there's so many moving pieces. Cut through the crap. It's time to go right to the source and get real about what's working in business and marketing for nurses with your host, the founder of Nursepreneurs, Katie Harris. Hi, it's Katie Harris, and this is an episode of the Nursepreneur Podcast. Today, we have Taliqua Harper on with us. Taliqua, thanks so much for being here with us today. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. So uh, Taliqua owns Prestige Concierge Nursing. So, you know, I want to find out a little bit about you and then, you know, how you got into that. But, uh, you know, why don't you start out by just telling us how you got into uh, nursing, what kind of nurse you are, and and, uh, we'll take it from there. Oh, nursing has been my passion. I used to, um, my dad got terminally ill. Before I was a nurse, I had to care for him. So I got to see the ins and outs of a good nurse, a bad nurse, a tired nurse. (laughs) So that really intrigued me on wanting to be a nurse. Um, And I pursued it after that. I am a surgical nurse. I've done everything from med surge to oncology. So I'm a surgical nurse at heart. (laughs) I love surgery. So that's pretty much what led me into doing nursing. Is nursing a secondary for you or is this a a first degree? Actually, it's a a secondary. I started off with doing credentialing for all providers. So I've always been on the healthcare side. (laughs) Okay. Um, So when you went to so you were credentialing. That's a tough area to be in. Oh, yes, uh, did you like that or no? Oh, I loved it. I love working with the providers on a on a happy side. <laughs> it's so different working with them on a the nursing side. So <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. So how long have you been a nurse? 10 years. Yeah. Awesome. And when did you decide that you wanted to start a business or why did you even want to start a business? Oh, I wanted to start a business on on the surgery side. I always ran into people saying, oh, I canceled my surgery because I don't want to bother my daughter or my son, or I don't want to have to try to find someone to bring me to my surgery that day or take off work to take care of me. And that was so often more than not that that came up. And I just was like, hmm. It has to be a need somewhere for this. And that kind of started the whole wheels of turning in my brain. Uh, I can say I was very nervous at first because who goes start a business at a nurse? You don't really hear nurses starting businesses. You just hear nurses working, 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 and that's it. So um, it just intrigued me to start digging and learning and trying to figure out how I could help those people in need. Yeah, and I'll kind of like resonate. I resonate with that because when I first started my business, I was just kind of like, I don't even know if I'm allowed to do this. Like, uh, you know, because I was- (laughs) Me too. I remember telling my husband and he was like, can you do that? (laughs) I "I don't know, but I'm going to do it. That was really the whole premise of this podcast was because I'm like, I, I know I'm not the only nurse in business, but I, there was no kind of like repository for nurses in business. And, uh, you know, I just started talk, finding them people and then asking them their stories. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I have like a whole collection of, of nurse stories and how they got into business and 
um, you know, it's really just for the nurses to find out what they can do and, and um, yeah, yeah, that is so awesome that you do that too. <laughs> so tell me, um, you know, do you kind of remember the day that you came up with this idea and you decided that you're actually going to go forward with it or was it more of a slow progression than you just kind of ended up starting the business? Actually, I do remember. I remember really good. I remember uh, coming home. I was so tired from work and I was like, oh my goodness, it's got to be another way. <laughs> I had already started writing down ideas. So I just started really, I went to Google, who is our own friend. And I started just looking up different uh, avenues for nurses, what nurses can do, other things besides working in the hospital. And this idea was already in my my head and then I saw it you know um, I think it was more like home health that I saw and I was like oh I don't want to do home health I, I want to do something totally different than home health so I was just trying to figure out a way to put a twist on it um, so I wouldn't be considered home health um, not that it's anything wrong with home health but I just wanted to be able to help a certain um, avenue of people yeah, and, and home health, it always blows my mind because a lot of people are really, really interested and I get it because like home health can be very profitable very quickly, but you have right. to invest such a large amount of money and then you're so highly regulated. I'm like, that like stresses me out. <laughs> oh, it stress me out. <laughs> Heads off to everyone who does home health. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just so expensive to get started in something like that. Um, so, okay, so did you... Um, when you decided to do this business, like what were the first kind of steps that you took? Did you like call a lawyer or call the state board or did you just, just go head into it? Or how did that work? Actually, uh, I started looking around for nurses who had something similar to this, or I just trying to see if anyone was even doing this type of work. Um, and I remember calling a nurse that was doing something sort of like this. And she gave me, you know, insight on how it would work or, you know, things and steps to take. So then from there, I'll call my board of nursing to see if there was any kind of regulations for this in my state and, you know, where to start. And from there, I just jotted down things of how to get an attorney, how to get insurance, things that, to cover me and my nurses. And, you know, because I wanted to make sure I did every step correctly. <laughs> I didn't want to be one of those people who had a business and didn't have no idea that I needed insurance or malpractice suits uh, against me. I wanted to make sure everything was in order. Yeah. And especially like the IRS, they don't, uh, they don't like the excuse. I didn't know. <laughs> doesn't work don't either yeah, that's true were they helpful or were they like what is concierge nursing yeah they was very clueless they had no idea and their most answer that they gave over and over was as long as it's in your scope we can't really tell nurses what not to do as a business because they have so much to fall under their scope so if it's under your scope you have the license to do it so I stuck with it. Whatever's under my scope, I know I can do in the hospital. I know I can do privately, but if it's something that I would in a normal hospital setting pass off to a doctor or call a doctor about, I don't even touch it. <laughs> 
Um, and so how did you end up getting your first clients? I, uh, word of mouth, I went old school. I didn't do any social media. I still hardly ever uh, do social media. I just went to surgeon offices by foot uh, in the area and I just let them know and they were so elated and excited. I wanted to make sure they knew what I did and how I do it. And it kind of took off from there. They, they have, they were just elated about it. And they said, oh, we've been looking for someone to do this. We have to turn down so many people or they'll come and say, oh, I'll just catch an Uber home that day. Or, oh, my cousin or my husband will take care of me. So they were very excited about it. Yeah, that, that's great. And I, I think that uh, word of mouth and just kind of hitting the pavement um, is really underrated like that is to me the most powerful thing that you can do I mean it's hard to scale but like in concierge nursing you don't need like 50 surgeons to work with you know <laughs> um yeah I mean because a lot of these once once you're in with the surgeons they they're they, it's like they have tunnel vision they can't see any other options it's like you are the answer <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> Did um did you have so they were pretty elated that you um had come did you talk to like the office managers and work with them as well or I did actually I went in with treats to introduce and let them know uh, who I was I got some pushback like oh they're busy you know the the office coordinator or the patient care coordinator is sometimes very hard to get in with them um so you have to really make friends with those front desk folks to kind of let them know who you are so they can get you in. So um, I always left brochures. I always, you know, just call back to follow up or if they would say, oh, they were busy. I was like, oh, can I have an email address then? So I don't want to leave empty handed. So I, I want to be able to communicate with someone so I can let them know I even came by or stopped by and I offered this so I, I made sure that they knew at least who I was <laughs> <laughs> I love it um all right so what type of services do you offer because it looks like you offer um more than than uh just post-op visits so yes we do we offer post-op care of course but also IV hydration um, is really good right now, especially with COVID going on. Uh, we do a lot of transportation for people who have like LASIK eye surgeries and things of that nature. They have to have a caregiver or a nurse to take them back and forth to the um, LASIK surgery. So that's really good. So we try to spread ourselves around with different things we know is needed in like the surgery world. Um, but of course, post-op care is our, our number one, um, focus that we rely on, but lymphatic massages is pretty big with us as well. A lot of people after their tummy tucks or lipo, they have to have those lymphatic massages. So we focus on that as well. Oh, and what is that? So it's an MLD, it's called manual lymphatic drainage. So it's where you uh, introduce or wake back up the lymphatic system after surgery is pretty much dead and it's don't know what's going on at all. It's like, oh, what's going on with my body is shut down. So you start back working with the lymphatic system just so it can drain and the swelling will go down and they can heal properly after surgery. 
Did you start out with something like that, or did you find out later that you it was something worthwhile to add? No, well, I'm a surgery nurse, so I knew it was going to have to be a, a must after surgery. So I kind of added that pretty much afterwards when I found out that a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of surgeons surgeons just getting hip to it. Uh, if you're in Miami or other countries, you already know that this is a must. This is a big thing. So a lot of states uh, and surgeons are just trying to find out about it because Americans are just not as <laughs> into the anatomy and physiology of lymphatics like uh, other countries. They have offices just for lymphatics. So yeah. I don't remember even learning about the lymphatic system in nursing school, to be honest. <laughs> so yeah, or it was like one PowerPoint slide or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we cram so much in, we don't have time to know all of it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, so do you actually do the lymphatic massages or do you hire people to do that? I actually do them and I train. I also uh, hire people. It's not a regular massage therapist job. So if you're a massage therapist, you won't learn lymphatics right off. You, you have to be like a nurse or someone really into the anatomy type section or work to know it. So it's kind of like a specialty. Okay. Okay. Um, and it looks like you offer cosmetic services as well. Yeah, we don't offer it quite yet. We're we're getting into that. We're trying to go full med spa, so we're trying to trying to go into introducing Botox and fillers, but not quite yet. We want to make sure that whoever we bring on board and they really are trained and know what's going on because. That's very important when you're messing with the anatomy of the face. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, not yet, but it's coming soon. Uh, so are you, are you going to hire that out or are you certified to do Botox? And... I am certified to do it, but I am still training myself. So <laughs> I am not going to touch or do anything until I'm very comfortable with it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that I find exciting and fun about a business is that, you know, it starts out as one thing and then it grows into something completely different and you can just, you know, keep adding services on and on and on. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's really good. And actually, it's kind of like my downfall, too, because I'm like, I want to do all these things. And it's like, no, you just need to, to focus on a couple of things that you're really yeah. good at. <laughs> like oh I want to do that too <laughs> and then I'm pulled back in and like okay never mind it's not for me <laughs> yeah. yeah well that's part of the problem with doing these podcasts because every time I get on with somebody I'm like oh my god that business sounds awesome I want to do that too and then I'm like I just I don't have time <laughs> like I can't do all these businesses <laughs> yeah <laughs> um all right so what about this concierge concierge coaching what is that so our concierge coaching is just what it say um i've met or i have a lot of people dm me like hey i didn't know i was an i'm a lpn or i'm a ren can i do this or i'm not even in the healthcare field can i do this um to me i always say i do not want to train anyone that's not in the healthcare field it's, it's a really big risk to train people who's not nurses i know i see all the time people offering uh, concierge coaching, post-op coaching. You don't have to be in the healthcare field. To me, that's very scary. Mm. Um, and it's so much not of me teaching how to do concierge, but just me kind of guiding them on, on you can have an avenue to do 
something besides nursing um, and just letting them know, you know, try to, if you're in the healthcare field, try to think of something else to do to um, bring in money without all the stress of being at bedside. So uh, most people try to ask me different things they can do as far as that. And I love to just give them little tips on that. <laughs> That's awesome. And now I see you also have a, a shop and it looks like you're, um, you're building it with, uh, is this going to be stuff that um, you love and, and recommend for people? Yeah, well, most of my post-op um, surgery clients have to have fajas. They have to have compression garments. Yeah, what so, is the, what's a faja? I never heard of that so before. Faja is just the Spanish word for compression garment. So they, when they leave out of surgery, most surgeons want those in, them in those for 23 hours a day. They cannot go home without it and they can't take it off only to shower because you have to compress all the swelling after your lipo or your BBL to get the contoured shape you're trying to get. So we sell those uh, Fajas to fit them, you know, after surgery and they love them and they hate them. It's a love hate. Type <laughs> yeah, of I bet. yeah, I'm looking and at I it. It looks like a, a torture room. chamber. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do I have to sleep in this? I'm like, what did oh, your surgeon say? They're like, oh, okay. Yeah, he want me in it all day and all night. So. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny because like, you know, I've, I've worked in neurosurgery all my nursing career and uh, so consider myself a surgical nurse, but like, I, you know, it's a lot of this stuff I've never, I don't know anything about plastic surgery in a lot of ways, but, you know, I'm assuming they get this on their, you know, initial consult that they would need all of these things, but yeah, I, this stuff is so important to just reinforce and, you know, like where, oh, yeah. where do you even get a faha? Like, you know, yeah. and to come to your site and everything's just like right there. It's, it's so convenient. Thank you. Yeah. It's a lot of people don't want to wear it. It's just like, they don't want to stop smoking before surgery. They're like, do I have to wear it? Or do I have to stop smoking? Or do I have to do this? I'm like, yes, you do. You do, you do, you do. <laughs> <laughs> you probably wouldn't have needed uh, plastic surgery yeah. if you just stopped smoking like years ago. Know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's awesome. Uh, so what about the name? How did you come up with the name for this? Oh, prestige is just, I wanted to be, make sure people knew that we wanted to treat them at the highest level of care. Uh, we treat them like they're very prestigious no matter what you know their background is you came to us so we're going to make sure you have the utmost luxury elite care you can get so we're gonna we're gonna treat you in your home your hotel your airbnb but you're gonna be treated like you're a princess or a prince no matter what <laughs> uh no I, I just have to hear prince because yeah. i get a lot of male clients too to get these fake abs and <laughs> yeah that surprised me. Like when I originally set up my first concierge nurse business, um, our first clients were men. And I was like, I wasn't even targeting men. Like I, it never even occurred to me. And oh, then, so then yeah, after that, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like they don't want to ask. I mean, it's nothing for a woman to be like, I'm getting lipo. Come pick me up. Whereas a guy is not going to want, you know, like, and I'm yeah, stereotyping, but you know. Every time a male called me, I'm so surprised. I'm like, what are you getting again? <laughs> <laughs> um, now, this is totally off topic, but I have to ask about this because on your homepage, you have a picture of you and like, it looks like, um, I don't know, a makeup artist studio room or something. What's going on here? <laughs> oh, 
it was just a photo shoot. I was like, I'll just do some good pictures and I'll do have fun with it. You know, I don't want everyone to be so serious about, I know it's a serious thing, but I have a fun side too. And I just wanted to be, you know, <laughs> fun with the photo shoot. Yeah, I, I love that. And I always encourage, you know, because when I first started, and I see this a lot with other nurses, you know, we, I had a tendency to put up really kind of like stock photo, generic, no pictures of me, like nothing, and, yeah. you know, make it look really corporate. But then I was like, after a while, I'm like, people don't want corporate. They want to know that somebody's there that yeah, cares yeah. about them. <laughs> yeah. That was one of my main things. I, I, people always say, well, who, who, who's going to care for me or, or who run it? You know, so I'm just like, put a face with, <laughs> with prestige or, you know, let them know we're, we're, we're real women out here. <laughs> we're not just overseas answering the phone. I love it. Um, all right, Taliqua, can you um, tell people where they can find you and get more information about you and, and find your website and learn about what you're doing? Yes, we're pretty much on all social media handles. Instagram and Facebook is Prestige Concierge Nursing. Um, we also, our website is www.prestigeconciergenursing.com. We are in Nashville, but we do travel. Uh, we travel everywhere. We have people that call us that's going to Miami to have surgery, from Miami to Texas to Mexico. So wherever we need to travel to, we'll assist you as well. If you want a private nurse instead of taking your family, we're here for you. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for uh, talking to us today. Thank you. Thank you so much.